0: Welcome to The Partnership, the straight up business podcast where co-founders chat co-founders with co-founders. I'm Jennifer Bettmeyer. And I'm Melissa Duran connor We know what are you doing? Go ahead. (laughs) We know a thing or two about being business partners. We launched media relations agency, Jennifer Beck Communications, AKA JBC, together in 2014. (laughs) So each episode, we invite co-founders to share their stories about building something new from the ground up. Today, we're so grateful to be speaking with Jenny Dembrow and Ebony Simpson, co-executive directors of the Lower East Side Girls Club in New York City. Girls Club was first founded in 1996 as a means to address the historic lack of services available to girls and young women on the Lower East Side. And today, the organization and physical community space connects girls and young women to healthy and successful futures. Before Jenny and Ebony worked as executive directors together, Jenny was the very first Girls Club intern in 1996 and Ebony was her intern 14 years later in 2010. We're especially excited to welcome them as Girls Club is now celebrating its 25th anniversary, which is super exciting. It's a huge milestone. We're so excited to have you guys. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so glad. Well, as you guys know, today is a particularly interesting one um, because... Jenny, well, my Jenny is, um, under the weather, but having this interview with these two ladies with this organization was so important. And we decided that I would fly solo today. So in a Woo! the partnership first, we will only have one of the partners hosting, but that is a okay. Um, so again, welcome. We're so happy to have you two, And I I'm really pumped to talk more about the girls club, but also About you two um, as co executive directors. Um, You know, I think, I guess my first question is how did you become co executive directors? Obviously, I know you met each other at the club. Ebony, you were Jenny's intern, but how did it go from that to now we run this thing together? Well,
1: um, Ebony, there. I was hoping you kicked this one off, Jenny. You're I'll, the OG. I'll definitely, I'll, yeah, I am the OG. Um, <laughs> so, you know, um, I started with the girls club. Um, there was a group of women who came together because there were three full service boys clubs in our community and no programs specifically for girls. So these women got together and said, enough is enough no one else is doing it. So we're going to have to do it on our own. And and they started meeting uh, and I came soon after those initial meetings. And so I was the official first intern. Um, and, you know, we, we recognize, we recognize the extraordinary need to have a, a, a space for girls in this neighborhood. And, you know, we started mm-hmm. out of a shopping cart. We'd been in over two dozen locations throughout the years We were, you know, in a basement. Every time it would rain, it would flood. We were, um, you know, we were in a a base, uh, community rooms. We were in NYCHA housing, which is actually right across from where the Girls Club stands today. Uh, At one point, we lost a space. I was running a program in a Starbucks. So we have made the rounds. Um, The other extraordinary thing was that we Mm -hmm. were in schools. So, you know, we were deeply entrenched in the community. Um, But, How we got here, Um, you know, uh, I would say, you know, I've had the pleasure of knowing every single member of the Girls Club. And about 10 years ago, we had the opportunity to have interns through Duke University through the Moxie Project. And we just loved the name Moxie. And lo and behold, Mm -hmm. Ebony Simpson walked through the door and I said, this is the future of the organization. Yes, she was young, but she was so bold and brilliant. And um, I, I just feel, you know, so fortunate to to be by her side, um, leading this organization. And then, Ebony, I'll I'll throw it over to you. But
2: yeah, so you know, our first and only at the time executive director, Dr. Lynn Pentecost, retired, and uh, right in the kind of heat of the pandemic, and that's how we were given this opportunity um, to to come in and join forces. This organization has. Um, never had a co-executive directorship. And it really did speak to um, the evolution of the organization and this ability to really be um, thoughtful about how we're uh, expanding how we serve and deepening how we serve. And so being co-eds allows us to really kind of divide and conquer and really kind of focus on not just the The impact that we're trying to make every day, the long term strategy, um, the growth um, opportunities for us um, in a more strategic way. I find, um, you know, my journey to Girls Club to be very serendipitous and very, like, I feel very divinely connected to this organization. And, um, you know, just to kind of share more about my story, I was an intern again. As, as you said, and Jenny said, uh, a little for, like what eleven years ago, probably like <laughs> I probably started my internship like a year ago or eleven years ago, like today, um, and uh, and then I moved to New York after college um, to work in public policy. That's my background, and then you know I just never stopped loving everything about Girls clubs. I thought about it when I was in college and I left for my internship and I thought about it as soon as I got back to New York and started getting involved. I was an, um, a mentor. I um, you know, was on the junior board to help raise money um, and just was around you know, uh, because I consider them kind of like part of my New York family you know, when I first moved here in particular. And so there was an opportunity for me to run its government relations, which is, again, my passion. Um, which is duly my passion is girls and women and community and social justice. And so being able to merge those two worlds with this this amazing organization was like a dream come true. I never mm. thought that we would be here together actually running this organization. Um, but it's just, you know, just the way that the cookie crumbled. And I think that it mm. was probably the best thing that could have happened. I mean, I'm not saying that because I'm there. I just think that, we do have this really beautiful ability to um, have this institutional knowledge and understanding of the origins and why this organization created with this new evolving, um, you know, um, uh, mission and, and service. So it's just been um, yeah, a beautiful partnership with Ginny, my better half.
0: Yeah. No, that's <laughs> amazing. So I want to know how, I mean, how did you will into being the idea that you can have co- executive directors, was one of you applying for the role and mm. said, hey, we should do this together. Or you both were applying for it and someone else said, hey, you two should do this together because the organization will be better with both of you leading it. How did it actually end up where there were two ladies sitting in these seats? We had spent a lot of time
2: as we were kind of culminating into our 25 um, last year, thinking about the next steps and what the organization looks like organiza- or structurally and we're, you know, with our ED who'd been around since the beginning, she had already envisioned retiring, right? And so we were thinking about what is optimal for this next phase of the organization. And we, you know, this isn't this is just for us. Obviously, our board makes these decisions, um, and they saw some, you know, just a real power in the com- combination of me and Jenny's skill sets and expertise. So we have this complementary. skill set and expertise that allowed us to kind of be able to expand the impact um, versus one person, you know, this is a massive organization in the Mm -hmm. sense of what we do. We are tiny as it pertains to our budget. We have a 40,000 square foot facility with an expanded mission. And so we really needed to be able to have, um, you know, brains in different places. Um, And so a lot of ways, Jenny is more of the, the fundraising development creating amazing partnerships with corporations and um you know major donors and and also really understanding nuts in both of our community and our programming so that's kind of her area of expertise versus i my, my expertise is more strategy operations and you know long-term projects and things like that and so being able mm-hmm. to kind of you know have a way to divide and conquer those roles and, and um be more strategic and, and expansive is, is probably why I think the board started to go.
0: No, it's really smart. It's a testament to your board for identifying two amazing candidates and contributors and thinking outside of the box of what is traditional. You know, you have typically one CEO or one leader, but um, allowing the opportunity to have a partnership of leaders. Um I think just makes an organization even stronger. And, and obviously it's, it's apparent here. Um, And you spoke about how you guys have different strengths that really complement each other. Was that because you had already been working together, did you go into these roles already knowing like, Jenny's amazing at this, Ebony's amazing at this, this is how we're going to divide and conquer. Or was there a little bit of a learning curve once you did become step into these roles to figure out, okay, this is what our dynamic is going to be from a leadership perspective.
1: Uh, I, I think we just kind of naturally, I mean, because we have, I, you know, obviously known each other since Ebony was an intern and then working together, you know, we had a kind of long time to really get to know each other's strengths. And I would say, and some of my weaknesses, Ebony doesn't have too many weaknesses. Um, so <laughs> I, I do think the kind of cadence of how we work together, um, it, it just, it, it, we organically just kind of grew together and, and realized, um, you know, w- what an extraordinary partnership this is. And so, um, because I know, you know, for, for myself, I have been at the organization for 25 years. And when we were starting to have these conversations of, um, people would ask me, Oh, so, you know, uh, since Lynn is retiring, would you, are you, are you going to be the executive director? and, and, I am so glad that is not, uh, the route that we took. Also, I think it's (laughs) extremely important that our members see a woman in this position that looks like her. Let's be real. You know, and, and I think, um, I think that's very, very important. Um, and what Ebony brings and her strengths that she brings is just, um, we are very lucky as an organization and for the person that's been here for 25 years to kind of see you know all of the incarnations and the growth um you know we're really ready for the future
0: yeah no absolutely i think um you guys are a unique set of guests because we have a lot of different partnerships um on the podcast um a lot of them are starting something new from scratch whereas you guys came in running something that's very well established and very well known. Um, But a huge benefit that you guys have is that you work together for so long before you're put into that partnership um, relationship, which many founders and other partners we've spoken to, yeah, they may have been friends before. They may have been distant colleagues within an organization, or they may have been in a romantic relationship, but that's very different from actually already working together Day to day, understanding how the other the other person works in a professional setting. I think you guys were at a huge advantage, and it sounds like you would agree with that because you didn't have to start from scratch and figure out you do this and I'll do that. So, but my so then my question is after this long intro is what were there any challenges in stepping into these roles as partners in it um, that you did uncover and say oh okay but we're gonna we're gonna problem solve this together but. We didn't anticipate X, Y, Z. You know, I, I, I
1: would say it's it's gone swimmingly so far. I mean, I, I think that we really respect each other's opinions. And even when we have had disagreements, it's really easy to then kind of come together to talk it out and and to, you know, whatever, To one of us will change our minds or we'll each change each other's minds and we'll end up on the same page. Um, so I think just the, the respect, um, and also because I do know Ebony's expertise is very different than mine. So I defer to her in the lot you know, there's some decisions that I definitely defer to her because I know that she's more knowledgeable. That's the other extraordinary part of this partnership is that, you know, it's like two is better than one. I gotta say, um, you know, Mm -hmm. because you, you kind of, instead of having one person in the, in, in somewhat of a, you know, position of power you have you really two people to kind of bounce ideas off of and and you know if one of us starts to you know feel feel ourselves a little too much I I think the other one can kind of say all right wait a minute let's it's it's like you're you know it makes it much easier to kind of reflect and I think um make decisions in a in a more equitable fair way when you have someone to really kind of dig in to, to, to mm-hmm. some of these really serious issues that we're dealing with on a daily basis.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, I would add that like, you know, from a, from a learning curve perspective, I would say it was like learning to, learning the skill of being able to share in this responsibility and stress. Because mm-hmm. I think there's so much on our place and sometimes as, as in our our previous roles um, there was not a lot of ability to really fully collaborate. I mean, obviously we're collaborating everything we're doing in this organization, but sometimes your work stream is just yours. And you ha- you're kind of fully responsible for it. And so it's like that learning curve of like, no, we're, we're one and we can fall back on each other if one is exhausted. That can be a difficult thing to unlearn. So I think that mm-hmm. was definitely for me something to unlearn because I felt particularly in my previous role before going into this one, I was very like independent. I had to do all my projects by myself because there wasn't a lot of space. We have a, again, a small organization and, um, and not being able to feel like I had someone to like lean on and I didn't have a direct report to work with me on certain things. Mm-hmm. So now I have a partner who I can talk to about these things and not feel just so mentally stressed. Um, it's a good thing, but it's a learning curve as well. And, um, you know, we both went through thanks to our board executive coaching through a center, which mm-hmm. is a really, really important partnership um, that allowed us to kind of take stock of this new role that we're in and not fo- focus so much on just the nitty gritty of the work, particularly in the middle of the pandemic, trying to just, really tackle the issues that our community was dealing with, but like really taking a step back to understand kind of our bigger picture um, and um, what opportunities we have to be better human beings and be better leaders and partners together. Um, so that I think really did help curb more of those, you know, anxieties that could have come up particularly for me. Um, so yeah, it, it, there mostly it has been amazing. I mean, Jenny and I have, we're like family, you know, really, we're like family. So that Mm -hmm. makes everything so much easier. And and it really is reflective of how we, our ethos as an organization, we're very much family oriented, um, uh, very much community based. And in every sense of the word, you know, this is not a job for us in that simple way. It's very much uh, a family um, concern. And we're, we're doing this work out of love. So to be able to be together in that and that partnership is really, um, I think symbolic of
0: that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like with all of the different sets of partners we've spoken to and that Jen and I, I mean, the biggest thesis we have on successful partnerships and it seems so simple, but it's so true is that the two people or three people, whoever it is live by the same values, right. And have the same value system. So it allows you to disagree and, Mm-hmm. come with different opinions, but because you know that other person is coming from the same place you are, there's this like, Hey, I think it makes you more comfortable to disagree because mm-hmm. you know, you're both trying to get to the same end goal. Um, but it also leads to a level of trust in the other person that you need in a relationship like this, because Jen and my Jen and I are very much the way you guys are. I mean, Jen is my fa- is family. Like she is, you know, it, I regard her the same way I do cousins and aunts and mm-hmm. my sister, you know, and it's um so, and it, especially when you're in it so deeply in some approach, something like this, especially for you guys, for the girls club or us running a business together. Mm-hmm. Um, And that's become so apparent to both of us that if you don't have the same value system or the same end goal, it, that's where the partnerships start to break down. Right. Um, and it seems like you guys really have fortuitously met each other and this kind of all turned into what it is today. So that's um, lucky for you and it's lucky for the girls club. (laughs) Um, But I guess I'm curious because like you made the comment of like, we're family, um, the constant struggle of balancing work. And then I'm sure you guys have a personal relationship, right? It's impossible not to. Um, How do you balance the two relationships or the two layers of your relationship? Like this is work. This is our personal life. You have boundaries. Like how does, how does that kind of manifest itself for you guys?
1: You know, uh, well, I have to say, um, uh, well, my husband works from home. So, and he's worked from home forever, like pre pandemic. And, and I also have two young children and, One of the things that I say that I'm so grateful for every day is that I get to come to a place that I love, that I've devoted more than half of my life to, and I love the people I work with. I mean, we don't always get along, um, but you know, it's just, and I and I do think, especially during this pandemic, being able to get out of your house. (laughs) and away from your children and like, you Mm -hmm. know, have time with people that you so value and respect was like a lifesaver. I think I would have lost my mind if I had not had the girls club to kind of focus on. I mean, it was exhausting. It was really intense. You know, a lot of our community was in crisis before the pandemic and that just exacerbated it. And it was really devastating, but, um, Mm -hmm. no, I mean, I think Ebony and I balance it really well because, again, we just we really love each other, and and so, so we are, we are just incredibly lucky. We love each other and we respect each other, and so.
2: And this is the thing: um, we we publicly we weren't publicly announced as well. We weren't publicly announced as interim. We were announced as interim when we first came out
0: mm-hmm. um, as
2: D's. and so what that meant is that we had to go through a lot of internal working and revisions and and hit a lot of benchmarks in order to become official. And so at at that time, it was like, we're calling each other at 10 o'clock at night, texting each other anxious, you know? That Mm -hmm. was hard. I am someone who already struggles with anxiety. Um, And, you know, I think both of us have our own different ways of how we struggle with anxiety. And so that was really tough for us in the beginning, Mm -hmm. getting the swing of that, new position and what that means in terms of expectations for relations and just making sure that we could find a balance, you know, we had to kind of, have, we were on shaky ground a little bit trying to just get stable in our own position while trying to just put, do all the amazing work we're doing and, and make sure that we're holding like the anxieties that our team is holding as well, you know, just like mm-hmm. what's happening, are we going to be in person, like there's all these things going on that we have to hold um and that was a new role new 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 position to be in so I think that we it was helpful for us that we were so close and we love each other so much that we were able to not hold that boundary in a way that was like hey no it's after 10 I can't call Jenny but like of course you want to make sure you're respecting each other's boundaries you know as human beings so we didn't have any like difficult like any like there was no issue with us calling each other, but it was, you know, it's like, we should probably figure out a way to be a little bit more balanced and how we're stressed about work in general. <laughs> so that was like a, a learning curve as well.
0: But yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: But interpersonally, it's never a problem. The best.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think it makes a lot of sense when you guys are going through this moment of like, we need to figure out how we're going to do this job and keep it Right. You wanted to be in those roles um, I can imagine it feels like a 24 seven kind of thing happening until you hit that equilibrium. But once you, once you hit it, was it more of like, okay, cool. Like we're going to work, we have our work day, go home, see you later. And I'll see you in the morning. I'm, sh- you know, is it, a, it feels a little bit more of like, there's a balance now between we, we really have hit like a nice place where we lo- we're at it. T- you know, a thousand percent when we're together at work and then we kind of take our break and recharge to come back.
2: Yeah. And we have a lot of our own like side time where we're not talking about work all the time. And, you know, we go out and we go with drinks and, you know, we definitely keep the balance of our friendship, um, mm-hmm. you know, outside of just the work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's such, that's like a really hard thing to do. And I think Jen and I, my Jen, we have finally gotten a little bit better at it because for the first five years we were just like, go, 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 go. Like insane. I mean, she still is one of the first people I text in the morning. Um, and I'm probably the last person she texts at night and that's okay. I mean, it works for (laughs) us and it's okay, but I do Mm -hmm. think we've gotten a lot better about trying to give each other space, not because we need it from each other, but we just need it from the work. And sometimes it just becomes too easy to talk about work, but um, I also care so much about her personal life, and she's obsessed with my kids, and we're constantly just talking about family stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And I need her as an outlet in that way too. I need her as my friend because she is that, right? So it's a constant balance. But I remembered even this past weekend. I realized yesterday, which was Sunday, that I hadn't texted with her since Friday, and I couldn't believe it. I'm like, oh my god, we really like gave each other a tiny bit of space. And I loved, and I had a great weekend. But I also was like sad. <laughs> I was like, wait, I like, I didn't talk to her for two days. That's not normal, and I don't like it. So part of you, it's this constant battle. Of, like, let's give each other space, and it's the other side is, no, I want to talk to you every day, all day.
2: Exactly. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> so yeah, it's 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 a funny. I think it's like one of those. I think partnerships are one of the most interesting relationships that exist because you you probably talk to that person more than your own husband. Um, if you're obviously, if you're married to a man, I I don't want to make any assumptions of anyone, but if you have a partner, a life partner, Mm -hmm. um, you probably are talking to your work partner more. Um, so it is, it's, is a really crazy, unique relationship that not everyone can handle. You know, I've also seen partnerships not work because, um, that, that dynamic was too much. So. I want to talk about girls club a little bit more because you guys do such good work. And in your roles, you know, this new role, there's two of you. I, I want to talk about what you guys have accomplished together. Um, you know, what are the things that you're the most proud of that in the time so far in these roles that you're like, you know what, this was, this is a perfect example of how we work well together and we're so proud of it. I, I definitely want to talk about the work too.
2: Yeah. So yeah, there's so much we've accomplished in a year. Um, you know, I, we can't take total credit for this, but at all, um, we were totally invested in, you know, supporting our families through the pandemic. And we started that off with, you know, providing homemade meals, homemade, uh, girl girl, girl club made masks, cash and infusions, you know, tons of different products, PPE every single week. We would give out to our families and, um, when we came on officially, we knew that we had to ramp up that effort. We needed to be serving food and larger scale more frequently. And so we scaled up our food pantry to serve about 400 families um, a week. And we did that through the pandemic um, and then expanded in, in, into a food delivery service in partnership with the other folks in our community. Um, I also, so to date, you've served almost 100,000 meals um, in our little corner, Um, and there's been so many meals served across the city because nonprofits have kind of had to step up, Um, but that's definitely something that we really, really were proud of. Um, We're also proud to be one of the only uh, community centers to open up during the summer, last summer, um, Mm -hmm. when everyone was shut down and we knew how important it was to have something engaging for our girls and their community and and some relief from our parents um, because there was no SYEP, Summer Youth Employment, which is a program that a lot of our young people participate in every year. And they have no opportunity to have an outlet or have ways to be productive or to make meaningful money. Um, And we wanted to make sure we provided for that in in a safe environment. Um, uh, And so we did that. We did six weeks of programs and over the summer in person, um, Mm -hmm. we completely revamped our facility. Our HVAC was upgraded. Everything was made touchless. I mean, we did a whole nine capacity room changes, created our own policies because there was no CDC guidance at the time. And we serve kids in the building and we serve meals every single day in the building as we always do. Um, I mean, I also, I mean, that's kind of a pandemic related, you know, work, but, Internally, we've really done as we kind of celebrated 25 years, we've done a lot to amplify um, kind of what our next phase is going to be and by creating the groundwork for that. So we've really revised our values, our mission um, to to include more inclusive language, to include uh, what our ethos really is about, which is to connect the community to the girl and the girl to the community. And that holds um, Connection to change overall, making sure that we're not losing sight of the fact that the girls um, are critical part, our critical service population, but that we have to serve and support her community as well to make sure she's successful long term, as well as her family and her infrastructure. So, we did a lot of work to revamp our values and our mission, and our practices Um, over this last year. There's been so much done internally with our team, with our staff being collaborative um, and transparent about how we want to see this organization continue to grow. And so um, I think there's the momentum of that is continuing to grow. And, you know, we've seen some of the results of that um, in this last year, even though the pandemic really did hold back a lot of our ability to be as mm-hmm. connected, but this is our, our momentum is growing even more now, just taking off um, from the work that we've done over the last year. I'm very, very proud of what Jenny and I, and of course our incredible team, which is not just us.
0: Yeah, no, I, you should be. So were there any, like, I guess with you guys having to quickly pivot, you know, last Mm -hmm. summer and think about, we have to make something happen for our community for this summer. We can't wait around in that crazy shuffle of making it happen. Were there, again, I under, you and Jenny have the same goal in mind, but were there moments and how to execute it that you were like, we like that you didn't disagree. And how did you work through getting on the same page? Like, you know, I, I'm just curious how I, you guys have, seem to have an amazing partnership, but as you've mentioned, there's not, you don't always agree on everything. So especially in a moment of high stress, what was, how did you make it through a moment of tension to come together, to make a decision together?
1: I think being able to be transparent and honest with each other um, and not take offense. I mean, I know that Ebony has, has the organization always at the top of her mind. And so, um, you know, there's 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 no disagreement on we are both trying to do our absolute best for the organization, our members and the entire community. And so... You know, uh, it's kind of it's easy to come around and kind of to work through any disagreements that we have, um, and so far we haven't. There hasn't been any kind of uh, we haven't had to deal with that because I think um, again we have worked together for a long time. You know, we're completely and utterly devoted to to the organization and making it a success. This year was incredibly you know was incredibly difficult and stressful on every level but that that's universal the entire world went through this mm-hmm. I mean mm-hmm. did we feel an extreme amount of pressure just because we didn't want to let our community down we didn't want to let our staff down you know we had just closed on a, on an additional 5,000 square feet with debt I mean it was just it was very overwhelming um, but we made it through, and I believe we're a, we are so much stronger for it. Um, we are even more dedicated, if that's even possible. Um, and I think that the work that our tireless the staff has done to not only just support our members, but feed the entire community um, speaks volumes and putting their own health at risk. Because uh, we started distributing meals March 27th of 2020. That was when literally I think you Mm -hmm. thought you could walk outside and like die or touch your groceries and you'd, you know, get COVID. So, you know, to to kind of, uh, you know, it's so important to not minimize the, um, I mean, people were literally putting their, you know, like their lives on the line. Um, So that's dedication. That doesn't really answer your question. But anyway.
0: That's okay. That is okay. All of this yeah. is so valuable, regardless. I guess my, um, I, I, I think what people, you know, our millions of listeners who we have would be curious to know is like if they're thinking about, you know, taking on a role that's a shared role, whether it's mm-hmm. for a nonprofit, a for profit business, whatever it is, or even just founders who are about to found a business together what kind of advice would you say coming from a partnership that's so successful? Like what would be the most important things you would recommend that they both keep in mind as they're entering into this? Like we all agree, very nuanced, very interesting relationship in their lives, not just their professional life.
2: I think the bigger picture is like you said, having shared values and having shared end goal, that bigger picture is Number one, ha- you have to be able to keep no matter what the disputes are, no matter what the disagreements are, no matter what we have differences of priorities, you have that bigger picture in mind. And no matter what, like Jenny and I can just understand that we have an under mutual understanding of what the bigger picture is and we act accordingly. And so having that in a partner is probably more important than a skill set more important than personality even because mm-hmm. if you two can understand or three whoever it is understand what you're trying to do and be okay with the fact that it's not going to be perfect and be okay with the fact that you know maybe one person feels slightly different but you're going to come together with this united front it's because you understand the value and importance of that like there's, there's a bigger picture in every conversation, and mm-hmm. a sense, it's not just the bigger picture of we serve the girls, we serve the community. Of course, we have that bigger picture in mind always, but it's the bigger picture of our partnership. Like, how do we mm-hmm. make sure that our relationship remains respectful and remains allows us to continue to be effective partners? And um, that's the bigger picture. It's seeing past ego and being like, oh, but I think yeah. this, and I know I'm right. Forget that. It's about the partnership and about what that partnership facilitates, which is the work that we're trying to do. Um, mm-hmm. And I think Jenny and I understand that intuitively and understand that because we're so committed to the work, um, but also because we value each other. And I feel, um, and we don't, there's no competition, right? It's just about right. making sure that we both shine, we both get to do what we love and we both feel that we're fulfilling the desires that, um, you know, the hopes that we want to come from that. So I mm-hmm. think, you know, personality is a big part. Like, you know, neither one of us are, sh- you know, are sh- we're straight shooters. Both of us are straight shooters. But, you know, sometimes one plays a good cop, one plays a bad cop. And that mm-hmm. kind of personality, that being able to create that balance and flow is just like an important element of a partnership. Um, understanding where you two can fill in each other's gaps and when one can fall back and push forward. And really, honestly, the test is when I mean, there's, pre- there's pressure is on. You have the major pressure, yep. that test and seeing how each other plays out and how we support each other, how we're empathetic to each other. I mean, that's another thing. Empathy. <laughs> yeah, Man, that is like number one in everything. Being able to understand where the person's coming from and trying to create an understanding no matter what, even if you disagree, understand.
0: Yeah. Well, I think empathy is one of the the personality traits that you need in a partnership, but even as a leader that a lot of people are lacking. It it seems like the most simple emotion or value or whatever, however you categorize it, but it is the one that when I see any kind of deficiencies in companies or businesses, it's because the leadership doesn't have it and doesn't really understand it and ha- hasn't made the effort to learn it if they don't have it naturally, you know? Absolutely. And I, so I think empathy is, um, you know, is core, is a core value of being a super effective partner, but a, an even better leader. Absolutely. Great. Well, you know, first of all, you guys are awesome. <laughs> yeah, awesome. I think I really, hope, really I
2: really, yeah,
0: I, I really hope that you know, the folks listening are getting a lot out of this. I know they, I mean, I am. So um, I really appreciate you guys being so open and honest and transparent. And I also am so happy to share a story um, that is so uplifting and so positive and a great example of what a partnership can do when it's in action, especially for a community who needs it the most. So um, thank you guys so much for your work and your commitment to it and your commitment to each other. We started doing something this season that we haven't before, but um we've been polling or kind of crowdsourcing questions from our, like I said, millions of followers and listeners <laughs> um for our guests. Um, we kind of give them a hint as to who it is and what they want to hear and what they want to know. So I have a few audience questions for you guys. Ooh, um, okay, before we wrap. um so let me see here. Um, okay, this is what this one is from Josephine. Um, and she asked, is there anything that you wish more people knew about girls club or the issues you're trying to solve? And what are they?
2: Well, we're not the boys and girls club of America. That's number one thing. I think <laughs> we want people to know. <laughs> um, Jenny said it was an organization <laughs> where yeah. we really were rooted out of community self reliance and um, like saying we're going to do something for cool, our community. Um, Right, I'll stop there and let Jenny speak to the other fight pieces
1: of my screen. yeah, um, I mean, that's really okay, number okay. one because I think it's I think it, our challenge is um, people kind of lump us in with that national organization, and we are radical and we are innovative and we are creative. and um it helps not have, you know, oversight. so so that that is key. I think that people understand that we are this kind of radical, innovative, creative organization, but also, Um, you know, I, I think that people think when they're coming to visit the girls club, that they're coming to like a rec center, it's like maybe a basketball court or just folding tables for homework. And when they walk into this state of the art facility, which is 35,000 square feet, there is no other place like it in the world. And one of the things that really sets us apart is, I mean, we even have a planetarium, um, so we've got, you know, creative labs, artist labs, digital labs, um, sound studio, leadership center. Um, you know, we grow our own vegetables on our roof. Uh, you know, we have a space for wellness and um, dancing and movement. I, I think that, you know, when people walk in these doors. We have a
2: mushroom farm. Yeah,
1: we even <laughs> grow our own mushrooms. Um yeah, we have a maker shop with you know interactive technology. there There is so much going on in this space, and it's so extraordinary and it kind of highlights the the creativity and brilliance of of the community that we we serve. And so um, it's kind of getting away from the narrative of just the you know the rec center or the community center and elevating it to another level right. Um, and I would say you have to you have to come for a tour. Even even our bathrooms are out of this world. Yeah, They're wow, spectacular. Yeah. Um, yeah,
2: yeah, our bathrooms are um, incredible. And I, I would say to add to that that the reason why this place, this, this facility that we have, is so robust and so unique, and with so many different labs, is with the, with the intention of giving the young women and the the young people who come into our space and the community members the vision for what is possible and that anything is possible, Um, that you can explore all these different possibilities and interests and things that you never would have explored from sewing a, you know, beautiful dress uh, to learning how to grow organic fruits and vegetables to learning how to cook them in healthy ways to learning how to build robots and do all this other stuff that I, like, cold and things like things that i of course don't know how to do right um a girl can walk into this space and literally take every one of these um opportunities and run with it and really it's about the this our model is joy power possibility doing it with joy knowing that you have the power to change the narrative and you have the power to do that because you have these resources and you have every possibility to be anything you want to be Um, and that's also connected to our relationships with our partners, right? The folks that, you know, our funding partners, our other community partners who are able to give our young women real opportunities to live out the experiences that they're having in this space, the experiential aspects that they're having.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's incredible what you're doing. And if you are listening right now, please offer up your services, your money, get involved with what they're doing because this is, um, uplifting girls and, you know, young women is the most important thing to making the world a better place and creating a future for these girls that they can be whoever they want to be and however they want to be. Um, so, you know, it, this actually brings us to another audience question from Michael, and maybe I already said it, but he wants to know what would make the greatest difference in helping girls club Get even better at what you're doing. Is it just straight up Dalla Dalla bills? Because that's, I mean, you know what I mean. I, I, it's the simple answer. I would imagine, right? It,
1: it absolutely is. It enables us to, to do the work. And as we are now expanding our mission and service population with the Center for Wellbeing and Happiness, um, you know, again, we closed on it on this additional five thousand square feet in December 2019, and then you know, kind of the whole world went on hold. So, um, yeah, I, I think that I would say, you know, of course, obviously, um, financial donations are huge. But, you know, we also work with extraordinary people and extraordinary companies that bring, whether it's internships for the girls, experiences, opportunities, you know, all of that. So there's a myriad of ways to be able to kind of help mm-hmm. and contribute to literally to the future. I mean, these girls are our future, um, and they're extraordinary. And so, um, but yes, again, of course, money is the number one.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. And and money, not just to just obviously do our work and do the work well, but money Mm -hmm. to help us scale and build our capacity to do more, um, more deeper work and, and to be able to, Share out the seeds of the work that we've done, plant those seeds across other places. Um, we have local, um, national, and global partners, uh, sister programs, is what we call the sister organizations, who we work with collectively on multiple projects throughout the years. Um, our, our members have been able to travel to their locations from Los Angeles, to New Orleans, Montana, you know, um, and we have some international ones as well. But I say that to say that we have become a model kind of globally for what it means to be a community organization and a youth organization. And a lot of the work that we are trying to do in this phase is obviously deepen that impact, really um, be able to um, build on the research and the the kind of pedagogy and the knowledge that we know we have from lived experience of what it means to make impactful work. And that has, cannot be right. done for free, <laughs> you know, and a lot of, a lot of grants that we receive for different programs and partnerships really help facilitate the day to day operations that we're doing, the programs that we're providing. But to the, the visioning work, the strategy work, the long-term planning, thinking about how we scale and be able to support other organizations and communities to replicate what we're doing, we have to be able to have that capacity building support operationally. And so. When we ask for funds, that's really, you know, part of the narrative is often spoken about, and um, it's not easy to get funded
0: no, in a imagine. nonprofit
2: um, Capacity-building grants happen. They, they exist, but a lot of funding is going to direct service and not necessarily supporting, you know, the right. future work, the longitudinal impact um, that we need time to really be able to concentrate on, because that's where the meat and mm-hmm. potatoes of is happening. Um, obviously, the day-to-day work is important, but we have to be able to think bigger and and be able to continue to be inventive and innovative. Mm
0: -hmm. Absolutely. So that said, can you tell us how people can donate financially and get, or find other ways to get involved to help you guys with your mission? What is the, the website? If there's, if there are other ways to get in touch with you, let's make sure we share it.
1: Our website is girlsclub.org. So that's girls club.org And our, our social media handles are girls club
0: NY. easy enough. Great. Well, again, I want to thank go. you both so much for finding the time to chat with us. Um, this was invaluable and your work is invaluable, so keep it up. Um, and I already pinged our team. I hope we have reached out to find a way to work with you guys and try to either get our brands involved or us as JBC hopefully donate something, our time, our expertise. The one thing that's one of my missions moving forward is trying to diversify and help with the diversification of the public relations industry. Um, so if there are any girls who are even in a small way, interested in PR, they should reach out, um, and, and intern with us because, um, what I'm learning, and what I have learned for a very long time, is girls of color and who come from marginalized communities do not believe PR is an, is a, an, a career path for them, and it really can be. So, um, and it should be an option. So, um, so anywho, at the very least, send them our way. Love it. Thank you so much.